Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to DSC's Campfires with Larry Wysoon, the unique blend of hunting, fishing, wildlife conservation, and the outdoor lifestyle. DSC's Campfires is brought to you by DSC, conservation, education, and hunter advocacy. Hornady, accurate, deadly, dependable. Trigicon, brilliant aiming solutions. Taurus, award-winning pistols and revolvers. Mossberg, American-built, American Strong, and the Red 55 Winery in Lindale, Texas. Signature wines of Grammy Award-winning country artist Miranda Lambert and owned by Rick and Beverly Lambert. Welcome to another segment or episode, if you will, of DSC's Campfires. And if you recall last week, we were talking with Mr. Johnny Hudman from Basically Albany, Texas, but a few other places as well, too, on the different ranches he's worked with and works with right now. And Johnny and I last week talked a little bit about some of the things he's done in the past, and we mentioned the Buffalo 4 Ranch a couple of different times. And I wanted to come back and, and talk this week about uh, the hunt that I did here with Johnny and, and some of the things we were able to accomplish while we were here, which included taking an absolute great deer. Johnny, welcome back to the campfire. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here. Well, I am glad for you to be here as well, too, for a lot of <laughs> a lot of different reasons. As I mentioned last week, we did I talk, Johnny and I talked about so many different things about some of the things we've done in the past and some of the people we've known and and uh, some of the great things we were able to do over the years together and and some of the great things that Johnny did as well too just by himself or part of of another group kind of thing particularly during the time that he he served our country in Vietnam and you you worked I think too for a while with an aircraft company didn't you I did I used to work at General Dynamics which which is now Lockheed right I worked there for a while back in the F-111 program days a long time ago what haven't you done um I've never flown a hot air balloon over Nepal. Yeah, okay. Um, there's got to be something else. That may be it. 
You hadn't caught a big alligator gore or a big catfish yet. I've caught, I've, 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 I take that big catfish I've back. I've caught some decent-sized catfish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, big gar, I've been waiting on the right person to, to go fish. Well, we're, we're going to take care of that this year. I've, yeah. I, I fished with Chris Moody over uh, cover on the Trinity River, which, of course, is known for big alligator gar. Before we get into the Buffalo Four Ranch and, and here, you and since we're talking about fishing, you've spent a fair amount of time fishing different places as well. Yeah, I have. I, I, through my friend Jim Kern, right. um, when he was doing a lot of stuff down in the Amazon, which still is doing some, he's got a, a partnership with a camp down there, I believe. Uh, I started going down there. He hired my son right out of college to help with the marketing and everything. And, and my son's first marketing experience was go down to Brazil and run the lodge for about six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and learn how to speak Portuguese because nobody speaks English. And then, but Debbie and I went down at the end of his time down there, and we all came back together. And right, I just I fell in love with uh, with the area and all that kind of stuff. And I found out how much fun it was to go fish for something that you can't fish for here. And although they do have peacock bass in Florida, most of what's in Florida is, is a, a subspecies called the the butterfly, and they don't get as big. You know, I, I was fortunate enough to catch a 24.03-pound oh peacock in, in Brazil many years ago. And my wife has caught a 22-pound in Brazil. So those are things that you can't fish. And so I, I enjoy going to other places to fish for things that, you know, can't fish for here. Right. We've, we've been to Alaska and fished for different species up there. And it's just it's just fun, you know. And, and I'm, I'm honestly, I'm the same way here. I have just as much fun going to fish for bluegill as I do bass or catfish. Just, I, I just like to go catch fish. It, you know? Catching fish is nice. Catching fish is nice. And, and I like to eat fish. And I you know, do. to me, I, I, I fish every opportunity I can with the Rick Lambert and Jim Zumbo. And I've got a feeling that the very next time we go anywhere, I'm going to figure out a way to get Johnny Hudman in that mixture <laughs> as well, too. Because uh, with, with Zumbo, if you catch it, you're going to eat it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that catch and release is catch and release and hot skillet kind of thing. And there's certainly times that that needs to be done no matter where you're fishing. But uh, Except for, let me tell you one quick crappie story. Okay. My uncle, Uncle Gene, gone now, bless his soul, fished. And if it bit the hook, it went in the skillet. Yeah. So if you're catching crappie that are three inches long, they're going in the skillet. And my daddy told a story that one time he came up and Gene was fishing. He said, Gene, have any luck? And he said, yeah, I've caught 75 crappie. He said, wow, that's good. Where are they? And he said, they're in that gallon bucket. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that, that's honestly, and that's, not, that's, yeah. that's probably not that far from the truth. You know, yeah, if, he, if it bit. If it got he off, if it. he pulled it out of the water, by yeah. golly, you're getting, yeah. I That's kind of grew up eating. I mean, that's kind of way I grew up we were, fish you know if you caught it you i don't remember hardly ever turned anything back i didn't know there was any such thing yeah i didn't think you're supposed to do that <laughs> well let's talk a little bit about the buffalo four ranch you very kindly invited me to come to this property as a wildlife biologist in years past with the texas parks and wild department i spent some time very close to this area and 
I really think that we had a census line that ran very close to where we are right now. And, of course, we're not that far. Just almost across, well, it was kind of across the road from Fort Chadburn, the old mm-hmm. uh, Calvary Fort of many years ago. And that's a great place for people to visit if you want to learn more about the history of this part of the state of Texas. But this ranch is such that it, the beauty of it is is the terrain and the vegetation, and, of course, the animals as well. But you, you're starting on the south end basically flat, for a little way and mm-hmm. then it just kind of goes up into the, the hills right and oh my gosh it's absolutely gorgeous back in here i'm from from word from the front gate on or would be the front gate if you came in there yeah yeah that uh, and thank you for saying that but we uh matt and amy skipper are the owners and they've been real good to me as far as letting me do certain things with the habitat and we've, we've done quite a bit of stuff actually uh first thing i noticed was a lot of water came through the ranch and right. left the other side. And that, yeah. that's, that just sort of goes against the grain for me. If it, if it comes on your property, you ought to try to, try to keep it. And so we've, we've done some work on some stock tanks. We've redone some stock tanks, built, built a couple of new stock tanks, and got water that we didn't have. Fortunately, there's five water wells on this ranch. So we've got some tubs that we can keep full of water, uh, we have water in the tanks. Water's very, very important to me because I grew up in a country that didn't have a lot of it. That was thirsty. And, you know, <laughs> all the time. We yeah. don't have any aquifer around Albany. No. And, and no. There's no way to drill a well. So it's a, it's a real plus to have a place hit that you can drill a well 100 feet deep and get, oh my get gosh, water yes. that cattle can drink, deer can drink. And so, and on top of that, we've, uh, we've done a little bit of brush removal because the cedar is almost a monoculture in some places. Right. It's it's where you really can't even walk through it. So it's basically been, there's been some areas, there were some areas of ranch that for a long time had been pretty much useless for cattle or wildlife or, or anything. So we've gone through and we've cut some, uh, not any senderos or anything like that, but just uh, weave through a place and, and come out the other side and, and uh, around the mountain there, around Mathis Mountain, we've cut a big road down through there and you can see a lot of the area that was hidden before right that sticks out now that you can you can see it and see all see how how really rugged and how different the terrain is and we've got a lot more to do well like I say we're in our third year so we've got plans to do something every year and it's uh, I think you can already see the differences and you can and I'm glad, I'm glad, I wish you'd have got here the first year so you can see the difference. See, see the progression of what you guys have done, yeah. But I think it's, uh, I think it's only going to get better. Without, with, without a doubt. There's an abundance of cedar here. Cover is not a problem. Cover is not a problem. <laughs> and maybe a, a cover, uh, the canopy cover is a problem because yeah. it's preventing sunlight from hitting the ground. There's so many different varieties of, of really good brow species here, such as uh, the ephedra that's here. And there's yeah. a tickle tongue. And uh, and I just noticed, oh gosh, some that reminded me of, of uh, like some of the hackberries and that kind of stuff from south, deep south Texas. And then you got almost an influence of the Transpacus here and part of the hill country. So you've got a great variety of, of, of different plants. And yet right now they're being, in some of those areas, they're being shaded out literally by, mm-hmm. with cedar. So as you start removing some of that cedar, it's no telling what you're going to see come up in those places because some that's of those true. seeds will lie dormant for a long, long time. That's true. And we, we mentioned that as we were going through some of those 
uh, areas that we cut through there. There's there's native grasses. There's I don't think this thing's had blue stem for many years probably. There's some blue stem coming right. back. There's a lot of good native grasses. There's a lot of good uh, forbs that oh yeah come up. that the seed had to be laying there for I mean decades at least. Oh absolutely yeah. You know? But, and and at one point this place look you tell me it had probably been overgrazed pretty substantially by, yeah. by livestock and mm -hmm. and to me I get tickled because sometimes somebody tells me well I just bought this place and I'll tell you one thing and never gonna be a cow in this place yeah. again and I just go oh my gosh don't say that because right. cattle can be a really good of management course. tool we just turned some yearlings in yeah a couple of weeks ago just because the vegetation is waist high right now right. the grasses which is a bad problem you know to have yeah problem have them. you know it's a bad but, good problem kind of, yeah. yeah but we put those in there at 100 percent as a tool right to i mean hopefully you make a little money with them and hopefully you get something to eat out of out of, out of them but the the main purpose because this is a first and foremost uh, a hunting and recreation ranch right and but the cattle are just a tool, just like the bulldozer is. You know, they, they have a certain thing they do, and they, they're going to go in there, and they're going to take the tops out of a lot of these plants and leave the root system, and, and we'll, we'll take them off when we need to take them off. Or whenever they get uh, big yeah, enough to take off. Yeah, so, I got a feeling they're, they're right again. It'd be interesting to see what's going to be on a per day basis. Yeah, cause it's going to be pretty good. It's going to be really good, because what grasses you have here... And what I've seen are good, nutritious grasses. Uh, yeah. It's not just green stuff growing out there. And especially on the south end, there's a lot of, uh, and I, I hate to I hate to use the word improved because I don't I don't think some of the grasses are an improvement, but uh, improved grasses right. have been brought in. So there's a lot of there's a pretty good mix of native stuff and improved stuff uh, to where the grazing is going to be good. Their cover is going to be right. Be good. This is pretty hard country. You know, it's it's sand and red dirt and, and rock and rock sandstone, yeah. and it's pretty hard country. But it's uh, it's it's in pretty good shape right now. John, let's talk a little bit about some of the different or the variety of animals that you have out here. Y'all have been very selective in bringing in certain exotics. What, yeah. what are some of the species that you have? We we started off with some axis deer. We put a few axis, a little small herd of about twenty axis in here, and. They've done extremely well. They're doing. They're they're as fat as Axis can yes, get, they and, are. and uh, they're they're doing very well. And we put then put in some transcasting Uriel rams and and ewes, and they are also doing very well because I think if you you know we've seen them, they don't hang around very long, and they they stay up in the roughest parts of the range, but. They're a beautiful animal. And then we put in a few black bucks. Right. We put in a small herd of about 20 black bucks. Right. So, you know, that's that's basically what you'll see. And we, something that we, were, we didn't have to introduce is we seem to have a pretty fair population of feral hogs. <laughs> you, you, we have we, not, we, I, I will let, gladly let you have a breeding pair if you'd like, you know. I, I, I think I'll pass because the last time I talked to my son-in-law who'd been out to our little place and checking trail cameras there out west of Houston, I think every, we've only got like two or three feeders on that little place, but I think every one of them had a different group of hogs, a sounder yes, of hogs, sounder officially. Of hogs. 
at the same time. So it wasn't like they were running over here, running over no. here, running over here. And uh, some of the the, the, uh, the, the photographs you showed me were just absolutely huge boars. But you too have got some of those big boars here. As it worked out, you know, we could see sign of hogs here and there, but not a whole lot. Well, these but hogs we are did pretty, see too. They're pretty nocturnal. Yeah, they're and and for a good reason. Yes. You know, they've been. Uh, 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 let me. How do I put this? We've been trying to kill a lot of hogs. <laughs> you know, bottom line <laughs> yeah. is exactly right. And uh, they understand that. But I will say this: they are corn fed, and they are very good to eat. So Without a doubt, we even we even took one two hundred and eighty four pound boar. Really? That we the the hunter that got him took every bit of the meat home, and the meat was just as clean and pretty and didn't smell. And I don't know I, I don't know what the difference was, but he was a good he was a good hog. Now we've had some that weigh one hundred twenty five, one hundred thirty five that. Didn't make the cut. It make the cut. Yeah. No. Sometimes we used to when we had those kind of doors, guys would bring in with our own processing plant there behind the, the outdoor store, and we'd bring them in a piece. So we want to have this process, and so we would. We had a uh, frying pan, a, bit, a propane heater, uh, 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 burner. Burner. Thank you. <laughs> and we'd say, okay, we're gonna go out there. We're gonna cut out a chunk out of the hind quarter. And we're going to fry it back there. And you tell us when you start, if you smell it, if it's something you want done, if you yeah. want it done, you know, we'll do it for you. But chances are you're, we'll see. You know, they'd go yeah. out there very occasionally. They'd, we'd run across one just like you mentioned. There was no, it, it would it tasted like domestic pork out of a, yeah. you know, Texas HEB store kind of thing. But uh, most of the time, it, they're just this odor that, uh, you know. Yeah, the boars, the boars definitely can be have that way. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the white-tailed deer, and then we're going to come back to how our, a, a plan that we created, how it came together. But the white-tailed deer that you have here, I've had the opportunity to be on a lot of different ranches, as have you. But to me, the thing that two things impressed me about is the number of typical 12 points that we saw, including young deer, speaking of two-year-old, yeah. three-year-old deer. And the percentage of drop tides that that we have seen since I've been here, and those two to me, typical twelves, and I, and you may have more than that. You may there may be a typical fourteen here. Who knows? Just yeah, we, we found a typical fourteen. Actually, well, we we'd seen the deer. Yes, exactly. It was like a 185, 190 yeah. inch deer. Just not a kicker on him. Just a no. clean seven by seven. So those animals do exist here. Y'all are set up. You you don't take a, a god off num, number of animals every year, do you? No, 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 no. Very very selective, and it's 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 been friends and family and a business client or two, and right. you know that sort of thing, and and an occasional what I call commercial hunt. Right, exactly. You know, and we uh, we have been to the point where we didn't really have the kind of deer we were wanting to shoot yet. Right. For to to. Uh, to have a commercial hunt, right? We have now this this year has kind of come come about to you know turned out to be a really good year. We've got some really nice deer. We've got ones, twos, three year olds that are nice deer. Some of the yearlings. You know. Wait a minute. Let's 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 use that term nice. Yeah. And describe what you mean by nice. Well, eight tens and and twelves. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't think I, I don't know. Of, I did see one eight point 
probably two-year-old. But everything mm -hmm. else is tens and twelves. You and I, I did, did see a yearling six-point. Oh, yeah, we saw a yearling six-point. We did see a yearling eight-point as well, too. Yeah. And then but, maybe... But the, by the time they're two, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know, but one... I've only seen one, one. two-year-old eight-point. Yeah, because we saw some two-year-olds that were really, really nice yeah. ten-points. And I, I think one or two of those may have even been a typical 11 or whatever. Knows, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the quality of the deer is just second to none as far as I'm concerned. The, with what you guys are doing, of course, you, you know, you're, you're doing supplementation. Of course, year-round. Year-round, which you'd have to. I used to get tickled because I'd be in Iowa and I'd be given a hard time by somebody that was out there farming. And I'd say, well, what's that over there? And they go, that's alfalfa. What's that over there? Well, that's corn. What's that over That's soybean. What's that over there, you know? And, and I said, what do you do with it? And they go, well, what the deer don't eat, you know, we, we take to market. And I said, yeah. And I said, it gets shipped to Texas, and they put it in a ration, and we put it in, into our food plot. The difference yeah. is our food plot is maybe a feeder as opposed to, to a field. Right. I said, it's still all natural. So uh, would if we could grow those crops here, you know, we'd probably be growing those crops. And yeah. uh, what we do grow is 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 very fortunate at times with, you know, based on rainfall kind of thing. So the supplementation in year-round makes all the difference in the world here in terms of the, the quality of that animal's life the, and the, the, the just the overall health of that animal. These, these deer that we're seeing here, that I've seen here, you know, going into the to the breeding season, and we're on the cusp of it. They're not really at this time when you and I are hunting here yeah. in mid-October. They're not yet chasing. It won't be long. But even since we've been here, we'd see little bachelor herds where there were like five, six, seven deer in there. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> in about three or four-day period, now there's two to three deer exactly. that are still buddies. The yeah. rest of them have kind of split off. Yeah, no doubt. They're, they, they've got it on their mind. And there's lots of rub being made right now. And starting to make scrapes. scrapes yes. You know, uh, that one buck we were watching, he was going to make a scrape. He came up and he started all the, the actions and everything. And then for whatever reason, the, this, this other buck took, you know, went, off, went left. And so yeah. he left with him. And so they're, they're, they're they sort were, of in a transition yeah, period. He, he was thinking, I saw one scrape and it was just just like the very beginning yeah. one. You know, a few scrapes on the ground. You, oh, you can see a little bit, a little bit maybe up above. And, you know, didn't look like there's any urine in it or anything like that. So we're not quite to that stage when on of this hunt. I came here very honestly expecting if I could shoot a 140 buck, I was going to be absolutely thrilled. The problem is you don't have any old mature bucks that are 140 deer. Right. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, that's, that's another good problem to have. What <laughs> a great problem to have. You know, we, we mentioned supplemental feed. We feed year-round, and it, and... One of the huge things to me for about supplemental feeding is to get over. There's two stress periods that I think are really important. February is one of them. August is one of them. Yes, and if sir. You, if yes, you sir. can help those deer through those times, if you can have those deer, those does fat right now, because they've they've had a hard summer. They've been they've they've had fawns on them and everything. If you can have enough feed for them to keep them fat with what they're eating off the ground plus the supplemental feed right they're going to breed up a lot better yeah. a lot, on a lot shorter time period and no difference in cattle really exactly if you have cattle fat they're going to breed if you have them not fat then maybe and the bucks the same way you want the bucks 
to have that fat to because they're going to be running it all off. There's not going to be a buck here in January with any body fat. No, I can assure no. you. No, and that's so. such an important time for the health of that animal as it comes out of the rut to have quality feed available, right. whether it's regardless of how he gets it. And but, that's not a, that's not a good time of year for us. I mean, it's not part of our growing season. No, we're not no, going to no, have no. anything green. We're no. not going to have anything fresh. And it's, it's a tough time for them after the rut. Now, a lot of your deer here do have ear, ear tags in them. And mm -hmm. that, I noticed that they're color-coded. So there's a reason for color-coding those ear tags, isn't there? Right, right. We can look at a deer, for instance, the the deer that with a blue tag, or four years old, the four-and-a-half-year-old deer right now. And there's some of them that, you know, like I said, make you swallow your chewing tobacco. And... <laughs> Uh, but we we won't shoot those deer right. this year because we they're a known age deer. Right now, by the same token, we've got some that are in that six and seven year old range that we will we will take off right. now. And not that they might not get better next year. You know, I can't say that the deer that that you took wouldn't be better next year, but he also might be dead. <laughs> between now, he might run himself to death exactly yeah. because that's what happened that seven by seven i can assure you he, yeah he ran he, he got so run down he couldn't yeah his couldn't body re, couldn't his body it. couldn't recuperate right, kind of thing. Right. so you know that's that's what we have in mind now the the ones twos and threes we didn't tag yeah and we, we have no way of tagging them yeah because they're they're born out in the wild yeah so but the the deer that were tagged at birth the deer that were brought in here from different genetics right uh were you know right. do have tags so you know it's going to be interesting here in another three or four years because there's not going to be any there's not going to be any tag bucks yeah. so you're going to have to go back to <laughs> go back to the old style of looking at the deer and seeing how old the deer is to me one of the interesting things about having these bucks that you have here ear tag is that from a photographer, because now we get so many different people using trail cameras. I mean, you know, I've shot a lot of photography over here as well, too. You're here at the shooting photography, is that you can tell what that buck was last year, and you can see what, if you can carry him through a progression to see if they continue to get bigger, or is there a time frame there when they reach a, a, a plateau and they start going downhill? To me, there's so many different reasons to yeah. have tags in these deer's ears. And it doesn't, to me, it doesn't detract anything from the hunt because I'm going to tell you something. Oh, no. These dead gum bucks, even though they have ear tag, doesn't mean that they have an ear tag in their ear that they're dumb. No. Because no. they're far, far, they are, far they are from white tailed deer. They're white tailed deer. I'll give you an example. We, we had a, a young lady here last week named Reagan Bray. And Reagan wanted to kill a big deer. Right. She never, she'd killed a few deer, but never killed a really big deer. So they came in here and we were hunting. And wound up taking a really nice 191-inch deer. Big <laughs> deer. Well, that deer was about a 150 to 160 last year. Yeah. I, I saw the deer several times last year. Right. I had not seen the deer at all until the day that we... Until the day you just happened to find him. Yes. Yeah. And he was, he was one of the deer that we were willing to take out. So, yeah, it was nice to know. But see, I, if you'd have said, hey, what happened to that, that one deer? I said, dead, got to be. Because I hadn't seen him. Yeah. I hadn't seen him on camera. You know, he's, he's not here. Well, he's here. Yeah. And he shows up. 
And when he showed up, there was five, five shooter bucks with him. And I mean, I was, I was about to jump out of my skin. And she, <laughs> she looked over to me and she said, I'm a little nauseated. I'm a little nauseated. <laughs> <laughs> she was so excited. And I showed you her heart monitor. Oh, absolutely. She had her, she had her oh wristwatch on. She's a nurse, so she had a wristwatch on and it was showing her heart. And she sent me a, a picture of the, <laughs> of the heart monitor. She said, can you tell when I shot the deer? And it, you can tell. Oh, my gosh. It was a huge Yeah, she matched, she matched it she out. She matched it out. You're yeah. right. It was like four or five times higher than I mean, that peak yep. was and the, yeah. the normal yeah, heartbeat, which... Which you know, I, I totally appreciate because I think people need to get excited. And it, I do too. Let's transition to the buck that that I shot. Uh, we had sat in an area, and we, you know, we've seen some deer, but then there were times we really didn't see a whole lot of deer right. either. Right. And uh, both sitting and glassing and walking, and I mean driving, we did a lot of different things. And, and uh, but you knew this deer was basically somewhere in this area, right? He's he's been bedding pretty much in the same area, and he's been he's patternable right now, you know. That's yeah. He's patternable now. Now, now, yeah. a week from now, maybe two weeks from now, not no, a chance. No, you know, no. he's going to be all over chasing the doe right. where the doe goes. But I had a, a general idea of where this buck was, and not that there wasn't. I, I had two or three other bucks that mm -hmm. I was thinking about this also but this particular one I just liked the way he looked and I was hoping we could find him and get an opportunity on him and, and, and everything work out but that's it's whitetail deer hunting and sometimes you do sometimes you don't but we were fortunate enough to well, we had sat we had sat at this right. spot and they we saw we them saw. kind of filtering through the trees. Yeah. But, well, they we were sitting where we could see a feeder. Yeah. And they walked up to the feeder and about twenty yards behind it, and then just kept kept yeah, on kept walking. Kept on moving. Yeah. Now say this too: you can walk along the ground right now, and you can hear the crunch of acorns. <laughs> there, there is a. Plethora, <laughs> plethora of acorns, <laughs> and uh, they're not all that interested in. Yeah, a, in and kind of exactly. So those. we knew he came out of the area that I, I thought he was bedding in, right? And he was making a, making his way over, you know, to some water, and I thought, and that's when we started to kind of trying to really get a game plan together. Okay, we saw him. We saw where he was going. We saw how he acted, and now we know how the wind's blowing. Yes. How how are we gonna how are we gonna set this up to where we have a possibility? Yeah. Because we had hunted that that morning, and we saw some does and, and young bucks. Really, that was it. I saw two bucks. You saw two bucks, yeah. and yeah. one of them was way yeah. off in the brush. You That's know? right. Yeah. That I, little I just buck saw, came in. That little young. Yeah, that was one that I remember seeing. Yeah. And, but to back up a little bit too, this trip, we've been so blessed with temperatures oh, and weather nice. that it is just one of those dream days every day. So back to the deer, we didn't see him in the morning and, but you felt that he was somewhere in that area and you thought that they're not interested in coming to corn, but they may be interested in, you know, working this area cause they're there and who knows, you know, maybe they'll start doing scrapes and they want to scrape this area. So. You really kind of suggested we set up a ground blind. We talked about a ground blind, and uh, 
there's there's some oak mots over in this area, and we we drove over and looked at them, and we, we drove up to one, you know, and well, it looks we might be able to use this, you know. Let's go look at the next one. We got the next one. And thought, you know, this this one looks pretty good. If we're looking straight ahead, we've got a wind that's coming from our left, and and going quartering past us, and so if those deer are coming the way they used, usually right, come, right. we'll be good. Now, if they come in from the other side, we'll never see them. No. Because they're going to witness. So we, you know, decided we'd try that one right there. Had some good oak trees to back up to and all we that did. kind of stuff. And I really wish I'd had a little help cutting some brush and stuff and putting it on, but you were sitting oh, over, you well, were sitting yeah, over yeah. on the Polaris. Somebody needed to supervise me. and kind of watch, you know, so, make sure that nobody stole the yeah, Polaris and yeah. all that kind of After stuff. After I got all the brush cut. Yeah. Yeah, well, and put up. The, the, I, I, you, you trained me well in the years past, so I kind of remembered some. <laughs> but anyway, we did get the brush blind put up. We did. We did have we did have cedars in front of us. We did, and we had cedars behind us, and right. we, we didn't have we didn't have an outline showing. No, 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 and we uh, and we looked, put in some bigger limbs as well too, so yeah. it kind of really broke up the back to where right. we could do a little bit of movement as well too. And again, we were so fortunate as far as the the temperature it was relatively cool and the wind direction has been pretty much the same ever since we've gotten here. Yeah. It's changed today, but uh, so we had a pretty good idea. I will tell you that I, from what we had seen the day before and what we'd seen a couple of days before too, we were seeing more deer really late in the afternoon. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that did did surprise me. And this is another one of those things that a, a little preparation goes a long ways. We. We got in the blind way earlier than I thought we needed to get in the blind. Right. Because, just because. Yeah. I mean, because you don't know. They don't have the same wristwatch I no. have. And I was expecting those deer to be in there five to six. Me too. Know? Me too. And we're sitting there trying to stay awake. Yeah. At about 420. Right. And I look up and I see antlers coming through the trees out there about 200 yards. There comes a buck. So, you know, it was just—I I knew he wasn't a shooter, but he was he really was a nice, young, very, very, very nice. Oh my gosh, yeah. he's beautiful! And he comes walking up there, and I look behind him, and there's two more bucks. And that's when I said, "The second one, the second one is yeah. a shooter. The second one is, and or my mom said the shooter." He, you did. Mind, no, you said, I, we, we can go back. I had video cameras on. Of course, yeah. we were trying to film everything we did here for Sportsman's Life. That, and you'll well, probably have seen this by the time this uh, podcast comes out. But uh, you can see the whole thing there, Sportsman's Life on uh, Carbon TV, and even go back to some of the episodes in case you missed it. But, yeah, we got the camera set up. And, I mean, since I, when you said that's – that's the shooter. My heart nearly jumped out of my throat because that wasn't a 148, or, you know, no, 140, no. 10 point that I was expecting. <laughs> he, he was, it was pretty easy to see that he was yeah, going to be. Yeah, he's going to score a little bit longer, yeah. you know, a little bit bigger. And, and we'd been messing around talking about drop times, and, and this buck's got about a three, three and a half, four inch drop time on one side, and I saw that, and what, oh my God, my. I was shaking so hard that I was trying to shake the. I think cameras look got a little shaky and the gun look got a little <laughs> shaky, and but then it all kind of came together at the right moment. Well, I started to ask you one time if that gun had a timer on it. 
a timer? Because, yeah, because it seemed to me like it was a long time. <laughs> it was a long time. No, it, 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 it wasn't. I was hoping that he would move a little bit. Right. Because I had a, had a window, actually half of a window kind of thing, to where I, if, if he moved any to my right, I wasn't going to have a shot. But he just kind of stood there, and finally I was able to move just a little bit over to my left where I could get a shot and put it into his shoulder. And, and yeah, because he was – I, I couldn't – Probably from where I was sitting, I would have had to put it between two limbs. Yeah, and I could and, put it. There was a kind of a yeah, leaning right. limb. It was, and I could yeah. put it underneath that leaning limb right. kind of thing, which which I was able to do. And yeah, you were a little bit to my right, which would have all but blocked out, you know, his vitals kind of thing. But uh, what, what happened after that was the the younger buck started smelling a rat. Yeah, and I don't know. He couldn't. He couldn't have made this. No, I just. You know, I had to move, shift just a little bit, and I shifted the camera, and I think he probably caught he a movement caught there a bit of movement where he, there was light coming off of the, you know, reflecting off the limbs kind of thing. Yeah. I think that did, and when I finally got set up and got the camera on, on, the, on the shooter, just as I did, that little younger buck came wide apart, and yes, I knew I had... I, I watched. I was what cheated both eyes open, thankfully, and I could, in my left eye shooting right hand, I could see this deer starting to jump. Yeah. Thought, okay, you know, it's now or yeah. the game's over with kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. It was. It was over at that point. If you did, if you did, if if it had been two seconds, it would have been too long. It it would have. Yeah. Of course, but of course, you were set up and ready the whole time. So. Absolutely. I I was sitting on go. I was, I was shooting a uh, Mossberg. Uh, Patriot Predator in that new seven millimeter PRC and had it top of that Trigicon scope with the action point with the little green dot and then shooting of course Hornady ammo and that 175 ELDX is just unbelievably accurate and does wondrous and, and as it worked out, you know, we hit the deer, we actually got to see him go down. Yeah. Which made me feel good, but I stayed on him for just a little bit, just in case it's yeah. her move yeah. to ready to shoot again. Well, he you know? went he went out of sight for just a minute because there was some real thick brush there. That, yeah. But he came out, there was a little little opening, a little kind of a lane down through there. So that made me feel good because I could see him. I, I, I could I see could what too. happened. Yeah, absolutely. And then it was like, oh, my gosh. And then, of course, walking up on him, this this deer, just every every step that she took, he got bigger and his Maybe he got longer and his times got longer and you saw more points and all those other kind of really great things and yeah. got him all taken care of. And, and today, this uh, today we're doing the uh, this episode, we were able to score him. And Johnny, what what was his score? I will tell you that his greatest outside spread, tip to tip, was 27 inches. That's what I remembered, among yeah. other things. Well, he only he only scored two sixteen and seven eighths. Only only two sixteen yeah. and seven eighths. Yeah. Yeah, two sixteen. He's, he's just essentially he's a basic six by five mm-hmm. with with a few kickers, but those kickers were fairly yeah. long. Yeah, they were. And I think he said there was something like almost thirty inches or there about over thirty over inches. 30 inches. Of he's one hundred and eighty five, hundred and ninety inch frame with a with all those kickers and everything. Mm-hmm. Something interesting you mentioned the, the bullet. You're fortunate enough to find the bullet. Yeah, that I'm bullet. I'm gonna tell you if if you drew it up on a computer, you couldn't make it. No, that was that was so perfect. I am so impressed with those, and I couldn't. It traveled through about almost all over forty inches of, of deer. Yeah, literally deer. But Johnny, we're going to close this thing down. We, you today happens to be your wife's birthday. Uh, we're going to meet her at a steakhouse here in just a little bit. So, yep. I want to thank you so much for everything. But this is the beginning. <laughs>
<laughs> it's we've been we've not been hunting and fishing together way too long. It's been a while. Yeah. To, 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 so we're going to try to change all that here in the next several weeks and next several months. And can't wait to get you back on. And next time I do, I'm, we're going to sit around a campfire, and I'm not going to tell you that I got the uh, the recorder on, and oh. <laughs> there's no telling what stories will come out at that yeah. point. Yeah. But thank you so very much for being with us. And thanks uh, for having me. Oh my gosh, I can't wait till the next time. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll have Johnny back on before too very long. And thank you so very much for joining us. Have no idea where we're going next week, but thank you so very much for joining us. And uh, we'll see you around the campfire. DSC's Campfires has also been brought to you by the Crown Bar in LaGrange, Texas. Have it. Our gear, your adventure. The Texas Wildlife Association. Double Nickel Taxidermy. Burnham Brothers Game Calls and H3 Whitetail Solutions.